It's so exciting to see people. <laughs> I want to sing a song. People, people who need people. <laughs> We've been preaching nothing but the cameras and all those things. And finally, Florida opened up because we come from the state of Louisiana. And Lord Jesus, we were a hot spot in the um, coronavirus and stuff. And, and they were stopping people. I mean, at, 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 at I-10 driving you just couldn't come in i mean it was doing everything but we not only flattened the curve we killed the thing and just believe god and god has been so good and gracious to us i thank you uh, brother keith and sister phyllis and all of you for allowing me a portion of y'all time it's just such a blessing i know it keith a long long time and uh I, I in fact i believe and i may be wrong in this when they first opened this church i was the first guest speaker here at sarasota Give me a hand clap, would you help me? No. <laughs> I did, yeah. And God was so good and gracious, and I'll never forget that. And God, you know, he just does so many wonderful things. How many of you watch us on television or social media? How many of you, this is the first time you've seen us in person? I'm a lot shorter in person. Don't tell nobody. Keep it to yourself. Praise God. God is so good. And I thank you for coming out. I know we have the social distancing, whatever you call this. I don't know if you shake hands, fist bump, hit, whatever, glory to God, you know. But I, I, I preached the other day that I have tested positive for faith. <laughs> Look, some people went, oh, get out of here if you have, you know. <laughs> tested positive for faith. And God's been so good. And I, I want to tell you something that happened the other day. Finally, we had some restaurants start to open up in New Orleans, which I was excited because my wife don't cook. She's watching around. I'll kill you when I get you home. But anyway, <laughs> make a long story short. I, I was telling Keith and Phyllis this today. Um, this uh, doctor came up to me while I was in his restaurant and said, they watch my program, blah, blah, this and that. And I said, thank you. And I said, yeah, she, been a, she was a lady doctor, been 31 years. And I said, I want to ask you a question, if that's okay, a kind of a medical question. And she said, sure. What's that? I said, you know, um, I, I have never had the flu in my life. I'm 70 years old. Uh, next month I'll be 71. I said, I've never had the flu. I never get colds. I, may, I might get a cold once every five years, and it lasts about not even a day, six to seven hours, and it's over with. I said, what do you think that is? She said, you have an immune system like a freight train. <laughs> and I said, I do. She said, yes. She said, you know why? I said, why? She said, you're a preacher. I said, I'm a, yeah, I know I'm a preacher. She said, do you touch a lot of people? I said, I touch all kind of people. I mean, I mean, thousands of them every year. Thousands. She said, you get all their germs, which builds antibodies in your body. Isn't that something? And I thought, what? She said, and that's why you don't get colds. That's why you have never had the flu. She said, your, your system is built up antibodies, whatever, you know, the medical term of that. I said, well, well, I per personally like to believe it's the Lord doing that. She said, well, that's true. I agree, I agree with you 100%. She said, so just keep doing what you're doing. I said, bow your head. Let me put my hands on you. No. <laughs> no. <laughs> and, you know, people just do that. You know, they kind of freeze. But thank you uh, for coming in. And I, I, well, one of my spiritual sons and daughter might be here is, uh, 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 let me see who I'm thinking here. Um, slipping my mind real quick. I, I got this sermon on my mind. Praise the Lord. My spiritual sons and daughters, y'all stand up. Are y'all in here? Wait, wait. I, I'm having a hard time seeing. There's so many people. They, they were supposed to come tonight. I don't know 
if they did, did no no that no you don't have a mask on well maybe they couldn't make it praise the lord hallelujah what a blessing of the lord uh, judy and john uh, john are y'all here john i don't know if y'all here or not well I'm, I'm i'm they said they might be able to come so i was just wondering if they could they come from a place called okachobe you got to speak in tongues to even spell that uh, okay i said okay what Okeechobee, praise something like that. They said, we're going to move to Jupiter. I said, whoa, that's really going far. Praise God. <laughs> Wherever Jupiter is, you know. But thank you for coming today. How many people brought your Bibles or your iPads or your telephones or whatever? Every time I say that, you know, people get their iPads and the whole sanctuary lights up, you know, when they do that. If you got your Bibles, would you turn with me to the book of 2 Kings chapter 6. 2 Kings chapter 6. Uh, God gave me a theme as you turn into 2 Kings chapter 6 in January. I was walking in the mall when they were open. It was right after Christmas and stuff like that, you know. Uh, well, actually after New Year's. And there was a very pregnant woman walked by me. And I didn't know who she was, you know. But she looked like she's close to, you know, birthing real quick. She looked nine months to me. She was all stomach, you know, and everything. And he said, look at that woman. He said, Guess she's expecting. I said, I can tell. He said, why is she expecting? I said, you got to ask her. I don't know why she's. He said, what is she expecting? I said, she's expecting a baby. I said, she received seed and, and produced the harvest, which is a baby. He said, so she's expecting a result. I said, yeah. And he said, and if you asked her, I bet you she, she'll tell you that. Uh, and I wouldn't. I didn't ask her. I bet you she's expecting a very healthy baby. The way she looked like, she might get two of them, you know. I mean, she was very, I mean, she was really, you know, big. And, uh, and I thought, now the Lord said, I want you to preach this year a theme called expectation. Great expectation gets great results. And then he changed it a little bit. Expectation is the secret to results or abundance eternally. And I want to deal with a little bit with that tonight, if you don't mind. Because, see, when you're expecting, you should deliver. You should receive something from the Lord Jesus Christ. And all this stuff that has locked down has not hurt our ministry whatsoever at all. If you really want to know our, the level of our ministry, I don't mean this in a pride, but we preach to about 2.9 billion people every week in 14 different languages being translated, not counting social media. I didn't know much about social media until this lockdown came. And then my wife said, you're going to have to preach. And I said, there ain't nobody in the church. She said, but you used to preaching the cameras. And I said, well, yeah. So, you know, and uh, so I'd be preaching at the camera. I'd turn around, there ain't a soul in the church. I said, I don't know why I'm looking over here. There ain't nobody there. You know, <laughs> just looking around, you know. And, uh, uh, and, and the people said, why do you work so much? Well, the Bible says when the gospel's preached to the world, the end shall come. People are always asking me that. But Jason, when are you going to retire? I said, do I look tired? They said, well, no, no, no. You know, I said, I said well, I don't know if that will ever happen. And where I was totally wrong, Keith, and I was totally wrong on this, I thought as I got older that the, the ministry would automatically slow up because, you know, they want younger people and things like that, you know, which is fine with me. Hey, I, I could go home and suffer for Jesus, you know what I'm saying? Because the anointing of increases on my life. Don't get mad at me. It's not my fault. He did it. God put it on me. I got to watch what I say because I get it. And I mean that sincerely. I mean, I, hundredfold, I don't know how many times. Lord Jesus. You know, and and and... and but that hasn't happened. I mean, I still have young people. I, mean, I thought, my Lord, I could be your grandpa, you know, and things of that nature. And yet God has been so good and gracious. 
So if you've got your Bibles, I want to read, and I love the old King James Version because it's so poetical. You may have an amplified or New American Standard or whatever, but I want to start reading with 2 Kings chapter 6, verse 8. I'm going to read a little scripture, then I want to get in this. It says, Then the king of Syria warred against Israel, verse 8, and, and, and took counsel with his servants, saying, In such and such a place shall be my camp. And the man of God sent unto the king of Israel, saying, Beware that thou pass not such a place, for the Syrians are come down. And the king of Israel sent to the place which the man of God told him and warned him of and saved himself there not once nor twice. Now, verse 11. Therefore, the heart of the king of Syria was sore troubled for this thing. And he called his servants and said unto him, Will you not show me which of us is for the king of Israel? In other words, there's a leak. There's a leak. Somebody's telling this guy everything I'm about ready to do. And that's very aggravating. Now he said, I mean, I'm trying to ambush this king of Israel, and everybody's just telling him where I'm at. Now, I want to know who it is. Don't that sound like Washington, D.C.? That might have been Washington, D.C., leaking out all over the place. And one of the servants said, verse 12, None, my lord, O king, but Elisha, the prophet that is in Israel. Uh-oh. Elisha had a reputation that what he said came to pass. Let me say it again. The prophet that is in Israel telleth the king of Israel the words that thou speakest in your bedchamber. Now, if you say something to your wife, God going to tell Elisha. Now, think about that for a minute. And he said, go and spy where he is, that I may send and fetch him. And it was told him, saying, Behold, he is in Dothan. So he wants to take this guy out. Therefore, he sent the horses and the chariots and, and the great host, and they came by night and compassed the city about. Most people know this uh, story here. When the servant of the man of God was risen early and gone forth, behold, a host compassed the city both with horses and chariots. And his servant said unto him, Alas, my master, how shall we do? Now, now he was on the, he was on Elisha's staff. He said, "My God, we're in trouble here. How shall we do?" Now Elisha didn't deny what was going on. He just denied his right to affect him. Look what he said. He answered, "Fear not." So fear tolerated his faith contaminated. Heard Brother Copeland say that many many years ago. For they they that be with us are more than they that be with them which makes no sense. You may have lost your job. Maybe you've been locked down. Even though Florida's opened up quicker than most states, that's good. But it's not at full capacity. What are y'all at, phase one or phase two or something like that? And things of that nature. No matter what happens in life, there's always more with you than there is with them. Now, you can say, yeah, but, but that's your problem. You need to get your butt out of the way. <laughs> because there's no conjunctions in God. What God says comes to pass. And then Elisha had to pray in the next verse. And Elisha prayed and said, Lord, I pray thee, open his eyes that he may see. And the Lord opened the eyes of the young man and he saw. And behold, the mountain was full of horses and chariots of fire round about Elisha. Now, Elisha could care less what the king of Syria was saying. He could care less how many people were there. You may have, maybe you got back on your rent or you know you, you got to pay rent. You have a business and, and no income's coming in. But God supplies all that according to his riches and glory. Not according to the economy of the state of Florida or to wherever you might live. But according to his riches and glory. Have you ever done a study on just how rich God is? 
I have. I mean, I'll tell you one thing, and you talk about loaded, I'm telling you what he had loaded. Just this planet in the Milky Way galaxy. My God, it takes 100,000 light years to cross it. That's 5.7 trillion miles traveling at the speed of light. One year, 100,000 light years to get across. And my Lord, there's at least 400 billion planet, moons, and stars in the Milky Way galaxy. We know of without a shadow of a doubt that we got at least 400 billion galaxies with at least 400 billion planet, moons, and stars in each one of them. And you worried about your light bill? This is the wealth of who he is because he created it all and he flung it with his hands. Think about that, ladies and gentlemen. And when God began to show me that, and he measured the oceans, the Gulf of Mexico, in his, with a drop of water in his hands. And he moved the dirt around. Think about how much dirt's been moved around that the planet didn't tip over. Knew that's the kind of God you serve in every area. So he expects us to have great expectations. So I asked the Lord doing all this. I said, why did you give me a theme of great expectation gets great results, or in other words, abundantly, eternally, I said, you knew this stuff was coming. He said, yeah, now they really need to expect and to be blessed. And ladies and gentlemen, our ministry, we've not lost a dime. We're up about 40%. Somebody shout over that. And I, I mean, this is the first, is this the first, I think the first one since this lockdown that I'm speaking in front of people other than our home church. Think about that, ladies and gentlemen. Now, I never worried, but now I have about, uh, about 105 people on staff. And I said, there ain't no such thing as furlough in this ministry. There ain't no such thing as layoff in this ministry. All of y'all going to work. And, uh, and I'll, uh, uh, we call it parish. We have parishes. Y'all have counties. So parish president said, well, I don't know if y'all are essential. I said, oh, we are essential. We're very essential. And I heard Governor Cuomo in New York say, my God, if you're a therapist or a psychiatrist, you know, anyway, would you please donate your time because people are going slap crazy. I said, we know how to pray for people and get people to help people out. So they made us essential. You see what I'm saying? So in other words, our offices didn't shut down. And we just praying for people all over the world. And I mean, this, we don't know what to do. And I said, well, there's more with you than there is with them. No, but you don't understand. I said, no, I'm the one understanding. That's why you called me. <laughs> so since you called me, I don't mean that arrogant. I said, since you called me, listen to what I said. There's more with you than there is with them. Yeah, but you don't know what I'm going. I said, I don't need to know what you're going through. Just go through it. Though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. He didn't say, though I stop, build a house, and canonize the place. Walk through the valley. Get through that kind of thing, see. Because there's more with you than there is with them. But you don't understand. Yes, I do, because you called me to help you understand. I don't mean that in an arrogant way. I'm just telling you, since God called you to call, listen to me. Because I have a word from the Lord for me. Not my, I don't know who you are. But I'm, I know the voice of the Lord. So I want you to write this down if you're taking notes. Faith is the womb where expectation takes its first breath. Faith is the womb where expectation takes its first breath. See what I'm saying? That first breath, whoo, man, that is, is the womb. That's what faith is. Now faith is. But the church don't preach Hebrews 11.1. 1. They, they, they reverse it. Hebrews 11.1 1 says, now faith is. The church preaches, is faith now? No. Now faith is. No, no. Is it not? No. Now. Now is the biggest word in the verse. It's only three letters, but look how big it is. He says, when do y'all want, when do you want your prayers answered? 
Now, we Americans, we want it yesterday. Don't you want God to show up early? Yeah. You know, he never does. He's always on time. I said, you couldn't come a couple of days early. <laughs> Why? I said, let's talk. I don't know. He said, you want me there early just in case something don't happen. I didn't say that, Jesus. I said, I heard you think. You know what I'm trying to say? So when you understand that faith is the womb where expectation takes its first breath, then you'll understand this. We must elevate our mindset. Write that down. We must elevate our mindset to changing difficult and even impossible situations into belief. We must elevate our mindset into changing difficult and even impossible situations into belief. How do you do that? Not wishing in something, but knowing something. See, ladies and gentlemen, I quit believing years ago. Lord Jesus, man. I, you know, and I started reading the Apostle Paul. Paul did too. He said, I know in whom I have believed and I'm persuaded. How many times have you heard it sound like people say, I'm believing, I'm believing, I'm believing, I'm believing, I'm believing. I'm believing, I'm believing, I'm believing, I'm believing, I'm believing. I'm standing on the word, standing on the word, standing on the word. I don't know what I'm doing. I'm just trying to get this crazy thing to work here. No, you see, you got to get beyond belief and get into knowing. But see, you're going by what you see instead of what you believe. You turn difficult, impossible situations with a very simple word. It's called faith, and it's done very simplistically. See, children are born believers until you teach them to doubt. Children believe everything you say until you lie to them. When they find out you lying, they go, hey, well, are you sure? So you have to elevate that mindset. That means the soul of man. Your spirit is in 100% contact with God. It's got no problem. It can handle anything. It's your mind or the mind, the will, and the emotion with the soul of man. That, 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 woo, that, let's slow this thing down, God. See, great expectation, getting great results or great abundance eternally in every area. Ladies and gentlemen, I have been preaching 44 years and I've never had a financial deficit. Not one, ever. And I've had the, and I don't mean this privately, I've preached with the biggest preachers in the world. You name them, I've preached with them. I have. And I've had them tell me one time we were in a big meeting up in San Antonio, Texas. And they said, Jesse, what, what's the formula, Jesse? What's the formula? I said, if I told you, you wouldn't believe it. Oh, yeah, we'll believe it. We'll believe it. No, no. What's the, because we know everything you touch is prosperous. What's the formula? I said, are you ready? Yeah. I said, I didn't believe for it. They went. I said, I told you you wouldn't believe me. I didn't believe for downturn i didn't believe for not uh, not enough they just couldn't get over that all you had to do is say no i'm not gonna believe that is god's word true he says my covenant will i not break nor alter the thing that goes out of my lips so when you find out what he said he can't change it then they come up with this thing well you know god is sovereign yes he is but only outside of his word not inside I lost a few of you right there. I'm trying to be Keith Moore. <laughs> I could walk around, you know how Keith does with a piece of paper in his hand, you know. <laughs> oh, yeah, I, I watch Keith all the time. I, I, I can do it, glory to God. I, I even got a white beard. I can grow it, praise the Lord. Watch this. He's sovereign. Yes, he's a sovereign God, but only outside of his word. Not inside. He says, by his stripes you were healed. So if somebody come up to you and tell you you got a six, that's a false positive report. Because by his stripes ye were healed. But I am sick. I'm not dealing with your am sick. I'm dealing with your were healed. 
See if I can get you to look at your word heal like you're looking at your am sick. I get rid of your am sick with your word heal. I'm starting to preach here instead of trying to think. Do you understand what I'm saying? I'm just trying to make you look at that answer like you're looking at that problem. That's what Elisha was doing. This man did more with us. Look at the answer. I'm not denying what you're saying. I just deny it's right. So we, I elevate that mindset. See, by believing in something, not wishing something, but knowing something, or by to change those difficult and even impossible situations into belief. For I know in whom I have believed. I know if my wife goes to a mall, I know she's going to spend money. I ain't got to believe. I know. And that's okay. I don't have a problem with that. Ladies and gentlemen, last Saturday, I was married to my wife 50 years. 50 years. Now, we were like, you know, we were kids. She was 17 and I was 20. And I, this is a true story. We didn't, we never had a honeymoon. Just, we just work. We just work all the time. And I remember I went and get a hotel room, and I turned on the television. This is 50 years ago. This is the last Saturday. And I was wanting to go to France. I said, let's go, let's go to France, you know, because I'm a Cajun boy. And I, and, but you can't cross. You can't get No way. You're not going. They won't let you. You know, they're going to shut you down. Anyway, I remember 50 years ago, I was young. I had brown hair. I really did. <laughs> I, re I had dark chocolate brown hair. <laughs> Jesus, man. And I turned on, I remember it like it was just, I turned on the television and there was a couple celebrating their 50th wedding anniversary. And I looked at them people and I said, good Lord, Kathy, look at that. We ain't going to never look like that. I told her last Saturday, I look exactly like that. <laughs> you don't, but I do. You know, of course, I don't do some of the stuff she does, but I'm not going to say no more about that. See, I just want to live longer. That's all I'm saying, see. You will never see faith. People are waiting to see it. You only see the results of faith. Write that down. Most people are waiting to see faith. Now, you will never see it. It's invisible. It's like wind. I, you know, it's like, you know, I, I see the wind. No, you don't. No, you, no one's ever seen the wind. You see the effects of it or the results of it. So you will never see faith. You're only the results of it. See, great expectation it, it gets great results or great abundance eternally. In every area of your life. I've had many opportunities to fail. I just don't take any. Amen. I have picky. Y'all saw that, what, three or four years ago? That I, I was the number one story in the world by Jets. Did y'all remember that? Lord Jesus. I was, I was on the front page of a newspaper in Kazakhstan. I don't even know where that's at. <laughs> I had ABC, CBS, NBC, Fox. I had Good Morning America, Inside Edition. My God, man. I walked out of my hotel in uh, New York. Wham, they just hit me. Well, I want to make this announcement. If I got four jets, I need to make a theft report because three of them are missing. <laughs> I like to know where they are. They lied like a dog. Well, what are you going to do, you know? And I said, God, how do you want me to handle this? Now, ladies and gentlemen, I, I come from the state of Louisiana. I was raised on the streets of New Orleans. I'm not Italian, but I lived in an Italian neighborhood. I live with La Cosa Nostra, but the mafia. I said, I can take care of this. We got to do what we got to do. But you can't do that because you're saved. I said, God, how do you want me to do this? Because I was thinking a few family members I know. He said, you'll kill it with joy. 
And I did. And ladies and gentlemen, it didn't hurt us at all. In fact, it helped us. People got so mad because people know me. They sent $600,000 into the ministry. I called them up and said, run it again. <laughs> run this baby again. And you might have seen it on Good Morning America. They were eating my lunch. And the lady stopped. And she turned around to the panel. She said, you know, I believe you're going to get that plane. And all three of them said, you know, I believe he will too. And the Lord said, the devil agreeing with you, Jesse. <laughs> well, I was believing for a great expectation. Okay. See what I'm saying? Instead of, we don't know what we're going to do. We don't know. I know exactly what we're going to do. When you're expecting, eyes will be open to see results before they showed up. See, when you go from believing to knowing, you are, you, you, your eyes are already open. You know what's going to happen. You won't have to believe it down. You know. Let me say it again. When, you expect, when you're expecting, eyes will be open to see results before they show up. So I just know in whom I have believed. And I've had my own staff say, they all call me boss. Boss, that's the most amazing thing I've ever seen in my life. And I fly all over the world. And we've had the, some of the greatest favor you've ever seen. I, one time I was flying, Keith, I was getting, going to Little Rock, preach for Happy Caldwell and them. And I'm telling you what, black thunderstorms and stuff like that. And the pilot said, we, we're not going to be able to land, Brother Jesse. This is bad. Uh, already American Airlines, uh, Delta Airlines, had pulled off. I said, okay, and I'm about to rest there, but pull off. So all of a sudden, like as if God divided the Red Sea, the, the clouds just, back, we saw it, Ramona, just backed up like that. And there was the Little Rock Airport. Boom, we flew in. Got it, put the plane in the hangar, and the clouds came back in. I don't know how many times that has happened. I said, why, Lord? He said, I needed to get you there, and I'll do what I got to do. Now, I could have said, no. You know, and I, I listened to my pilot because I don't know how to fly. You know, I mean, I, I, see, Brother Keith, he can fly him. You know, and he know, a lot of times I call Keith and say, hey, Keith, what about this? I know how to buy a plane. I'm good at that. I don't mean that private, but all the others, I, I got him one. I had to ask Keith. He said, Jesse, do you know what you got in this plane? I said, no. And he had to tell me a bunch of stuff. He said, you know, this is a cabin management. Do you know what that? I said, no, just push the button and make it work. <laughs> you know, that's all I knew. But he knows what it takes to get that done and all that kind of stuff because he, he, he's an aviator. He's a pilot, see. But I knew I was going to receive it. And I don't mind taking, I will take the persecution of the world to stand in the favor of God. I'm going to obey God's word, no matter what people say. Now, I personally believe in the hundredfold. Why? It's in red. That in itself is in red. Now, some people say, I don't believe that. That's why you'll never get it. See, and you're only thinking money, but I'm talking about hundredfold in every area of your life. The only time I was ever, in, uh, just till recently, uh, was uh, when I was born, was when I, uh, in the hospitals when I was born. And I didn't want to go back because they slapped me when I was born. I said, I ain't going back. <laughs> Gee, they just beat the baby. That's wrong to do stuff like that. <laughs> when you understand that supernatural perspective creates peace in the heart and clears a path for peace in life. Write that down if you're taking notes. Supernatural perspective creates peace in the heart and clears a path for peace in life. Now, Isaiah 119, I love it. If you be willing, and I am, and obedient, I am, you shall eat the good of the land. Ain't nothing wrong with being willing and obedient. Ladies and gentlemen, I don't have any more faith than anybody else in this building, but I might have a little more obedience. You see, when I was born, uh, before I was born again, 
I mean, do you know, I mean, you got to understand, my, my, I come out the 60s and they said, you know, the radical, we protest, oh, but it was Vietnam, you know, good morning, Vietnam. I mean, my, you, you got out of high school at 17, you made 18, boy, boom. I mean, you could, they, how many people, men know what I'm talking about? They're going to draft you, you couldn't take a job. I mean, they're just coming at you, you know what I'm saying? That kind of stuff. But that was all right, you know. I said, well, you got to do what you got to do, you know. And I, I went into the rock field and the rock field made a lot of money in my life. Whoo, I've been rich. Oh, God, I've been poor. Rich is better. But it don't make you happy. It just makes you comfortable while you're miserable. You know, you can pay the utility bill, but you can't. You'll be miserable. And I never forget when I uh, when I got born again, because I thought, you know, I was raised Catholic. Me and Phyllis were raised Catholic. She's she's a Cajun girl too. Keith got good taste. <laughs> Hallelujah, Jesus. Watch well, this. And uh, so I mean, you know, the only two prayers I knew. Was the Hail Mary prayer and the Our Father prayer? Anybody ever, any, anybody ever been Catholic at least once? If you've been Catholic, stand up, at least once. Hold your hand. Good Lord, they, they migrated to Florida. Uh, you, you may be, am I telling you? You may not have been Catholic for a long time, but I bet you you can quote that Hail Mary prayer. Oh, they put that prayer in you, buddy. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed are thou among women, blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus, Holy Mary, Mother of God. Pray for our sinners now and at the hour of our death. Am I right? And the next thing is, our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name, thy kingdom come. But we never prayed it like that. We prayed it fast. We prayed like, why? Because we, we went to confession. We're trying to get out with three Hail Marys and three Our Fathers. How many of y'all told the truth when you went to confession? One? I got to agree with you. I lied like a dog myself. I, I ain't tell that priest everything. Because he's going to give me a rosary to say. Now, for you Protestants, you have no idea what I'm talking about. Man, we'd pray like this. Hail Mary, for the grace of the Lord is with you. Blessed are the among women. Blessed are the women. Jesus, holy Mary, mother of God, pray for us. Our, our Father, who art in heaven. Hail Mary, for the grace of the Lord is with you. Our Father, who art in heaven. Okay, I'm clean. I'm going home. Am I telling the truth? Am I, am I, am I tell, I'm telling you. I'll never forget the first time I went to Pentecostal church. I thought, them people, something wrong with them people. Because they pray loud, boy. Let's go before the throne. God! Oh, God! God! Oh, God, he's going, what? What? What is the problem here? <laughs> and I went to the Pentecostal church. There wasn't one woman with makeup on. I said, there ain't going to no lust in here. There ain't no lust here. <laughs> no, there ain't no lust here, baby. Ain't nothing happening here. I never forget, they said, those people preach clothesline. I said, they get their clothes off a line? I knew nothing of that. We never, Kathy and myself, we didn't read the Bible. We were told, am I telling the truth? Don't read the Bible, you go crazy. Now, thank God that the Catholic Church, they tell people to read the Bible, the charismatic movement came in. All, but back then, mm -mm, when I married Kathy 50 years ago, I wasn't allowed to kiss Kathy in the church. Mm-mm. Mm -mm. I, I got married at Holy Rosary Catholic Church. He said, by the authority vested in me by God Almighty in the state of Louisiana, and I pronounce you man and wife, you can walk out the church and kiss her on, out on the thing. That's just the way it was. You just didn't do that. Of course, they do it now, you know. They, they, they lighten up a little bit, glory to God. But I didn't, so, you know. And it's just the way it was. The first Bible I ever had in my life, I stole it. <laughs> I ain't lying. I stole, my, I stole it. It was a Gideon Bible. How many of y'all stole a Gideon Bible out of a hotel? See? Yeah. Bunch of thieves in this church here, glory to God. <laughs> and 
I, I thought I got saved. I called again. I said, listen, I stole your Bible. They said, no, you didn't. I said, no, I stole your Bible. He said, no, we give it to you. We want you to take it. We'll put another one in there. So I sent him a nice donation. You know what I'm saying? But the Gideon. And what was good about it, you could read that Bible in Boston and then go to Los Angeles and be on the same page. <laughs> because it was the same Bible. Now, to you, that's laughter. But to us, that's all we had. And they told me I could not understand the Bible. So I started reading it. I, I went through Genesis. I went through Exodus. I said, man, this ain't nothing. They think I'm stupid. I can read this. But when I got to Leviticus, I said, we need some help here. And there's a bunch of killing going on in Leviticus. There's some blood here. They must come from Louisiana. <laughs> you know, my God. You know, I had to learn. See, the word of God, not only must it must be, it must not only be, uh, it has to be interpreted, not just spoken. See, you have to interpret that word of God. And so I begin to study the word of God because that supernatural perspective creates peace in the heart. And then it clears a path for peace in life. How many of you have been watching me for years? Have you ever saw me sad? Sick, depressed, discouraged, broke. Why? Because I had a choice to believe this, there's more with us than there is with them, or to believe what the world says. And I chose the choice to believe God's word. See, Christianity isn't natural. It started out with a miracle birth and ended with a miracle resurrection. It's not natural. It started out with a miracle birth, and it ended with a miracle resurrection. Why wouldn't you believe in Jesus? Now, before I was born again, when people say, do you know Jesus? I said, how can I know Jesus? Man, what's the matter with you? Guy was born 2,000 years ago. He loves you. How do you love me? I don't know who that is. Because natural man receiveth not the things of God. Because they're foolishness unto him. Neither can he know them because they're spiritually discerned. You know, people say, why do you preach to the lost so much? You know, I, I was a heavy rock entertainer. I worked on the same circuit as Led Zeppelin, Grand Funk, Kiss, Alice Cooper. I mean, girls just freaking out and young people. That was your mama doing that. <laughs> Probably your grandma, too. <laughs> you know? But, you know, I mean, we did. And, you know, sometimes I played these big, huge places, you know, and I mean, and, and there were Christian conventions going on in some of these big, huge hotels. And, I mean, I come out and I had long hair and, you know, uh, uh, Levi jeans with embroidery on it, bell bottoms and tie-dye T-shirt. I had a good body in those days. You got to believe it by faith, but I really did. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I had a six-pack. I got a keg now. But I had a six-pack in those days. You know what I'm saying? All like in strips of leather, you know, and the makeup. And, I mean, just wow, you know. And, you know, if anybody needed Jesus, I needed Jesus. And they would come out, maybe on a break or something, and they had little name tags with a cross on it. And not one person, not one, ever, ever came up to me and asked me if I'd like to know the Lord. I was never, ever witnessed to. Why? That boggled my mind after I got born again. Why? They weren't expecting me to get saved. Or maybe they didn't want me to get saved. I don't know. Not one time. You'd think you'd have some kind of compassion. You know, does just at least let your light shine. Not one time. Now, Kathy, she got born again about two years before I did, and she's the one, boy, Lord Jesus. And this girl, you know, I mean, she, you know, we just, this just knew, knew nothing about God. She never read the Bible until she got saved. She got saved in Minneapolis, Minnesota. I was doing a show for the Minnesota Vikings. Yeah. The, it was called the Purple Gang. Y'all remember that? 1972. 
I guess that's too far for y'all to go back. But I mean, uh, uh, yeah, the propaganda, and I mean, drugs and booze, we, oh, just everywhere. And Kathy watching Billy Graham on television getting born again. Good Lord. You see, God came where I was because the Christian wouldn't come. He had great expectation that I would reach out to him. And not only in this life, but the life of eternal, of great abundance. See, great expectation creates a passion for light, which makes you see more clearly. See, when you are expecting, it creates a passion for light. What I love about light is that, and we all need to push the light. How can I do that? Genesis 1. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. There it was out form and void. Darkness on the face of the deep, and the Spirit of the Lord God moved upon the waters. And God said, let there be light. Actually, he said, light be. Notice he didn't do this. In the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth. The earth was out form and void. Darkness on the face of the deep. He didn't say, boy, dark out here. Good Lord, look how dark it is out here. He pushed the light. Why don't we just push the light? Push the light, see. Light be in every area of your life. See, you couldn't save somebody if you tried, but the Christ in you can. I want to tell you something about the name of Jesus. I got a revelation on that. See, the name of the Lord is on Gabriel, on Michael, on all the seraphims and the cherubims and archangels, but the name of the Lord is in you. Hallelujah. Christ in you. Amen. The hope of glory. More than the anointing. That name, that's why he made you. What is man that thou art mindful of him? The son of man that I visited him. You ever heard of God visiting an angel? Mm -mm -mm. they come to him but he will visit you Amen. if you expect him my lord are you hearing what I'm saying great expectation creates a passion for light which makes you see more clearly see ladies and gentlemen we are inmates of two worlds a world seen and a world not seen a world of time and a world of eternity now you can't prove this true and I can't prove it's not so I'll just say it I love to give I just, that's my favorite thing to do. I just enjoy that. It's just such a blessing. I mean, I was fighting Keith today to try to pay for some meal. Oh, no, 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 no. And, man, I was driving his car, oh, actually driving Phyllis's car. And I'm just, yeah, he said, well, just keep the car running, and I'll go get the food. And, and you know, I said, okay. So I'm kind of looking at all these uh, gauges and everything. And Keith is loaded down with food, you know. But I, and he said, that's it, that's it. I ain't hearing nothing. I'm just, boy, look at all this. Finally, I looked like, help, help. I said, oh, yeah, yeah, okay. <laughs> Can you come help me hold it? Man, I got out the car so we could put it in there. It was just fun, you know. I mean, it was great. And we, you know, we came down and it just had a wonderful time, you know, because uh, we really love Keith and Phil. They've come to my house and my Lord. And we just, you know, we don't get to do it very much because we're working all the time. But when we do, we just pick up where we left off. And I love their two dogs, man. Them dogs are something. And I mean, Phyllis is mama. I mean, something goes on. If Keith say something, the dog go, and look at Phyllis. Is it all right? <laughs> <laughs> Them dogs just listen to Phyllis. They'll look at Phyllis and go, and, they, and man, they're communicating with Phyllis. And Phyllis come and just tell them to do something. They just do it, man. And I mean, one of them, what's his name? Bubby? Bubba? Uh, Bubby? He come up to me and I can see it in his eyes. What you doing here? <laughs> I said, I, I'm a guest. Oh, okay. He, they all look at Phyllis. You know, Phyllis, he's all right. Okay. <laughs> I like them two dogs. I just like to watch them, you know, how they look, man. And they are, they, they, they are blessed dogs. One laid down on the side, the other one got their both legs up in the air. I said, now this 
is the power of God. Look at it, though. Just lay with his paws are like this on his back. Lay. Sleeping with his eyes open. I got a friend of mine. He's had so much Botox, he, his eyes don't close when he sleeps. I'm, I'm kidding you. He was sleeping. His eyes like this. I said, he's sleeping. I mean, it's so tight. And he asked me, can you tell? I said, oh, no, no, you can't tell. <laughs> he can't close his eyes. But, hey, that's what you like. It's your thing. <laughs> in fact, I was in California a few years back, and I preached for a guy named Jim Willoughby called Echoes of Faith, the name of that church. It was wonderful. Make a long story short, there was a very two well-dressed people on the second pew. Well, after I finished preaching, they took me to the speaker room, and uh, so Jim came in. And he said, Jesse, there's two people who would like to meet you. They're your partners. He said, they're very well-dressed. Did you see those? I said, oh, Yeah. He said, would you mind? I said, no, bring him in the back. I'll be fine. So I said, hello. And they said, hello, we love you, man. You know, I said, well, thank you. I said, appreciate you being a partner. And they said, we're plastic surgeons. I said, you are. And they said, yes, and you need some work. <laughs> That's what they said, Keith. Well, I know it's a little loose look, see? It's loose. You see this thing? I can put it in my coat. What? I can just shove it in my coat. Now, let me shove it down there, though. Of course, I can't move, but it's in there, you know. And we'll do it for free. I said, does it hurt? She said, yeah. But she said, beauty is wonderful. I said, I prefer to be ugly. I've had enough pain in my life. And I told my daughter, Joe, to only have one daughter and one grand. She said, Dad, you don't want to do it. Let me do it. I said, Joe, you don't need none of that. Yeah, then she was 42. I think she's 48 now. I said, you don't need any of that stuff. And I mean, I got people there. I said, you know, I, we will do this. I said, well, thank you. I appreciate that. But no, thank you. No, thank you. And I mean, and I look at myself, I said, things are sagging. And I'm not worried about it because Kathy can't see it. <laughs> That's called 50 years of marriage. You look as good as you did when I first married. And I said, thank you, Jesus. Glory <laughs> to God. Hallelujah. We just enjoy each other. We just have fun. Now, she don't look, I mean, you know, people think I'm 20 years older and I'm only three years older than her. But That's fine. You know, I don't have a problem with that kind of stuff. But when you understand that when you, I expect to be here a long time. Yeah. I pray that Genesis 6, 120 years. Now, the oldest person I've ever met in my life was 108. 108 years old. It was a beautiful lady in New Orleans. And she, boy, she dressed well, you know, had her makeup on and everything. And I said, you 108? She said, Yes. I said, you look so wonderful. She said, it's Jesus glowing out of me. I said, well, girl, you sure have it and everything like that. She said, sit down. Don't move too fast because sometimes, you know, she said, when you're 108, you, you say you can move quicker than my eyes can see. But if you stay there, I can see you. You know, I said, okay. And I had a wonderful conversation with this little lady, 108 years old. That's the oldest person I've ever met in my life. And it was just wonderful. And she, I said, well, when did you get saved? She said, five thought five years old think about it. now you think that that's a testimony isn't it first time i ever went on tbn i don't want to tell these stories TV, this is many years ago um, they wanted to hear about my testimony you know the rocker and i got born again got off of drugs there was an elderly gentleman he was 70 which is my age now and i thought that old boy old you know what i'm saying i was 28 and they said well before we ask you but jesse sir what is your testimony and i love this statement keith 
I've never forgot it. He said, well, I'm 70 years old and I'm a novice to sin. I don't know anything about sin. I've been saved since I'm three. I looked at that man, a novice to sin. I told Jan and Paul then, you know, I said, yep, we need to find out his testimony. Forget about mine. Let's tell us how God has blessed you all these years. That statement, I'm a novice to sin. I know nothing of sin. Isn't that a wonderful statement? See, that's what I'm talking about. See, that man had great expectation. Boy, and he just started talking about Jesus and the tears start flowing. And me, I'm a man that was told all my life never to cry. We weren't allowed to cry when I was a boy. You know, my sister could cry. We weren't allowed to cry. I mean, if a Mack truck run over our legs, my dad come out there and said, put them bones back in your leg, boy. I ain't paying for them bones. You understand what I'm saying? And you don't cry. And five years old wasn't allowed. So I never cried. You learn to suppress. And, you, and I never forget, I hug, I've only hugged my mother once in my life. I was about five and a half, and my grandfather went, he said, we're men. We don't do that. And I backed up. How many times mama would say, come hug me. Just, no, no, mom, all right. Now, that's stupid. But that was my grandfather, just the way. Any other man was something like everybody? Are you, you know what I'm talking about? A lot of men living there. I mean, that's just the way it was. And when I got born again, tears came in my eyes. I liked it. I went, no. But what happened is God busted loose through all that junk that was in there, and it began to flow out. And I began to expect. I never told Kathy I loved her until five years after I married her, after I got saved. I didn't do that. That's weakness. Is that stupid or what? But it's the truth. That's the way I was raised. You don't do that. And before my dad died, I, you know, I never hugged my father. I shook his hand. We men. And he was, he when he made 84 years old, this is for somebody in here. Uh, the Lord's changed him. And when he was 84 years old, he, he called him and said, hey, I want to eat lunch with you. He said, me and Wayne want to eat lunch with you. I said, okay, that's my oldest brother. So he said, I said, what? I said, Dad, I said, I'd love to, man. I said, he said, we'll come up to New Orleans. They were in a place called Berg, Louisiana, which is down pretty close to the Gulf, but, you know, south of, of New Orleans this way. Anyway, he comes up. I see him walking toward me. That's my dad, you know. And I stuck my hand out. I, I've done that thousands of times. I said, how you doing, Dad? And he put my hand down, and he hugged me. I didn't know what to do. I went, uh. Uh, and Jody, my daughter, she said, hug it, hug your daddy. I went, you all right, daddy? You okay? And I just kind of touched it. That never had happened before. And Wayne, my brother, said, he did it to me too. We weren't expecting that. So naturally, he never got it. And he had tears in his eyes. He said, I apologize for never hugging you boys. I worked y'all like dogs. Got me a job. I've been working full time since I'm 11 years old. Now, you can't do that today because of child labor laws. But my daddy only picked me up one time in my life at school. I thought, man, what's dad doing at school? And I got in the car and he said, boy, I got you a job. I'm 11 years old. He said, you're going to start tomorrow at the IGA food line, which is a grocery store. Now, we got out of school at 2.35. The grocery store is about five minutes away from school. The bus is going to drop you off at the school. You're going to work at 3 o'clock to 11.30 at night. Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. That's eight hours. And on Saturday, you work from 7 a.m. to 7 p.m. You understand? Boy, I ain't buying you no more clothes, no more shoes, nothing. And you're going to pay $10 a month to live here. $10, excuse me, $10 a week. I had a lot of money back then. 
I made $30 and I cleared $22.29. He never bought me a pair of shoes. Did it to my oldest brother too. Well, he, he said, I'm going to make a man out of you. Well, then he stuck right. He said, I apologize. I took your money. I said, Dad, that's okay. Where's the money? <laughs> Me and Wayne said, yeah, where, where, where the money, Dad? He said, I spent it. I said, that's okay. So I didn't know that's just the way it was. And thank God we, they don't do that today. You know what I'm saying? At least I don't think so. And, uh, but he apologized. And then I got to hug my dad more than once than I did my mom. And he made it almost to 89 years old. And, uh, and then when I'd, I'd go to his house, I'd see him like that. I'd, I'd automatically go like that, and he'd go. And he'd hug me. He was a lot shorter than me. He was a little, little man, and, and I, I, I cherished that, see. In fact, I said all that to say this, I began to expect it. But it took all those years. Maybe if I'd have made the thing first. I don't know. You know, you wonder about those things. But you see, and it was wonderful, great expectation. See, gets great results. And it's the secret to abundance eternally. Let me say this and we'll close. Expectation is an energy that cracks through the barriers of life. How is it done? It's done by thinking, speaking, and acting. That's Romans 4.17. Let me say it again. Expectation is an energy that cracks through the barriers of life. It's done by thinking. It's done by speaking. And it's done by acting. That's Romans 4, 17. Calling those things would be not as though they were. I love that. That's one of my favorite scriptures. In the, he called those things would be not as though they were. So I thought, Lord, I'm going to expect and I'm going to believe. And I, had, I said, Lord, I don't want to make the mistake of Elisha. What did he make? You know, Gehazi, he must have liked him because he had him close to him. You got to know who's around you, not just believe who's around you. Think about that. Yet there was something in Gehazi. God gave him a chance, but something in Gehazi began to go wrong. There was something in Judas that went wrong. Now, Jesus knew it, but Elisha didn't until he pulled that shenanigan with Naaman. And then, of course, the leprosy. See, I don't want to do that. So I began to study this word. I said, Lord, you're going to have to help me read people. Read people that want to work for me. Why? Because we pay pretty good. You know, we do real well. We try to bless our people as much as we possibly can. And I said, but I, I don't want them to come because I, 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 I pay well and I got a lot of benefits. What I want them to do is understand what I do, understand this vision, believe in me. And the blessing will come. That's not the issue, you know. And, and I don't want it to ever turn the other way. So I don't expect that. I expect good people to work for me. And I have very long-term uh, employees. One of them is going to be with me 37 years. And Kathy's the oldest employee, not in age, but I mean, in, uh, been with me. She said she was drafted into the ministry, you know, <laughs> that kind of stuff. But I mean, I mean, a lot of them, oh, I would say probably 50% of my staff, they've worked for me over 25 years. I mean, they just stay. But you know what? They're godly people. So let me just say it again. Expectation is an energy that cracks through the barriers of life. It's done by thinking, speaking, and acting. He said, I never speak as if I'm trapped by my enemy. I don't do that. See, sometimes we're walking blindfolded in the midst of truths and realities. So I realize that. So a lot of times when I don't know what to do in, in the times of the natural, I just be still and know, and I believe, be still and know that I am God. 
in any way, shape, or form, whatever it takes to do it. And God said, are you willing to do this? And I said, I'm willing to do whatever you ask me to do. And I'll close with this, and, uh, and I'll just never forget it. When you're raised Catholic, you, you, you think you should be poor, that poverty is a blessing. Not being critical of the Catholic Church, just the way it was, you know. And, but when you don't read the Bible, you never have, you don't know. So we never did. So I, when I got born again, I had a lot of money. Whew. So I gave it all away. I told Kathy, you know, we were raised poor. You were raised poor. I said, we'll be poor because we love the Lord Jesus. But you just got born again. So we did. So watch this. I had, you know, I could buy anything I wanted. It was the most disappointing of my life. Most disappointing thing in my life was money. I was raised very poor, and I thought, boy, if I could just make enough money, you know, I'm going to be a happy man. I've told that to Keith. And I'll never forget when I was sitting, man, I'm 21 years old, 20. I got money. I mean, the rock world, big money, big, big money. And I said, told Kathy, why am I not happy? We can buy anything we want. I mean, I was, I was so disappointed. So when I got born again, I thought, well, you know, you got to be poor. Got to take a bow of poverty. So that's what we did. Gave all the money away, and I financed the house, and I, uh, uh, I actually mortgaged the house and I financed the car. I gave it all away, and I was happy. We was happy because we saved. We didn't know, you know, just saved. And I was washing the car about two or three years later, and the Lord said, two years later, he said, give me all your money. And when I say all my money, I mean that includes my daughter's piggy bank. I mean, nothing. And I went, first thing I thought of was, well, how am I going to pay this house note? How am I going to pay this car note? But I immediately, because I don't know much about doubt, see, they never taught me to doubt. I didn't know anything. I said, okay. I told it to Kathy. Kathy said, that's fine with me. And God began to bless me. I mean, bless me. Who really bless me. I mean, God, I mean, and the anointing of increase, he said, I can trust you, Jesse. I asked him about maybe 10 years ago. I said, you going to ask me for all my money again? He said, no. I said, why not? He said, you passed the money test. So, I mean, and money is just a, it's a tool that you use in the economic world. That's all it is. You don't fall in love with it because it don't love you. It'll feed you or starve you. One or the other. It doesn't make any difference because it has no feeling whatsoever. It's just a, a tool that you use in the economic world. And, uh, and, uh, and I thought, okay. And people get mad at me because I am a blessed man. Don't get mad. I mean, you, you look at one blessed puppy. I mean, I mean, I got to watch what I say because I get it. I'll never forget I told that to the, bank of Ch the president of Chase Bank. Every time he see me, he said, Reverend, I'd like to take you to lunch. And this is about a year, a year and a half ago. I, I, Keith, I, I said, can I ask you something? I said, I've been with y'all for over 40-something years. How come you never asked me to go out to lunch then? And he looked at me and said, well, you're a man of substance. I said, sir, I was a man of substance 40 years ago. But you just couldn't see it. All you wanted to give me was a coffee pot or a teapot if I opened up a checking account. Y'all remember that? Remember when you fill your car with gas and they give you glasses? Remember them glasses? Remember that? Oh, Lord. Yeah, get them shell oil glasses, man, you know. Oh, uh, you, did, you did preserves and you washed, after you ate the preserves, you washed, you kept the little glasses. How many of y'all did that? You know what I'm talking about? Yeah, everybody did those kind of things. He looked at me and I said, why didn't you ask me to go to lunch then? Why you ask me now? Well, you're a man of substance. I said, I was a man of substance then, but you couldn't see it. I wasn't trying to make him feel bad. He said, you know, Reverend, that's the truth. And he started talking about his own life. 
you know, I, I, he said, I've done very well in my life. And he said, but when I was young, I didn't have nothing, but I knew I had something in me. I said, I said, never, ever miss an opportunity to see the substance in people's lives. Whether they're spiritual, whether they're physical, or whether they're financial, or all three. And he said, that's wonderful. I said, thank you for asking me to go to lunch, but I can't do it today. But maybe uh, sometime we'll be able to do that. And it was just such a blessing. And we know we're going to talk about Jesus. You know we're going we're to talk about Jesus. Just the way it is. That's my life. So I got a little time. I, so I called Keith, and we've been talking. And I said, hey, what y'all doing? And he, him and Phyllis have been saying, why don't y'all come on? Why don't you come over? And I said, okay. I said, man, they just opened up Florida. I said, I, I only got a, a day or so or whatever. And he said, come on. And he said, I'll pick you up and all that kind of stuff. And, I, and so we've had some fun and just really enjoying ourselves. And I, I mean, because I, mean, I don't do that very often. Cause, and I just had fun. I, and with the dogs and walked on the beach. And, and, and Keith says, you know, there are turtle eggs right there, turtle eggs. I said, turtle eggs, is that something else? He said, yeah, them turtles, they got them green ones and they got the other kind. Man, I got me, I got all, I, it was great. I didn't know nothing about no turtle eggs. And when you walk with Keith, you got to walk with him because he kind of bounces when he walks. You know, he, he go up in the air. So, you know, he big, he taller than me, so I'm trying to walk with <laughs> myself. <laughs> you know, and, uh, and we having more fun and just enjoying ourselves. Talking about the word of God, just talking, having fun, you know. Friends stick it closer than a brother. Now, I don't know how many times I thought Keith was at my house. I'd wake up and there was Keith Moore preaching. Kathy, she, she got up before me. She'd go to make a coffee. And they love coffee. You know, I'm not a big coffee person. But, and all of a sudden, I come in and she's got you on the iPad just preaching. She said, hey, Jesse, listen to this. And, 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 and Phyllis, too. I mean, it's just amazing. And uh, I mean, I've had Kenneth Copeland in my bathroom. <laughs> Brother Hagen in the bathroom. Keith and Phyllis in the bathroom. I said, Kathy, you could go in the, in the den. Oh, no, no. And she just listened. There. And so, you know, because I, I need to hear myself. I'm traveling all the time and things. So this time that we've been locked down, um, it's been kind of nice to be home. So I'll close with this statement. Bishop Keith Butler from Detroit called me. He said, hey, Jesse, this is Keith. I said, oh, Bishop, what's, what's going on? He said, you know, Kathy's been trying to tell you to slow down all these years. He said, well, would you please tell her not to shut down the whole government to get it done? <laughs> I said, I think I will. Now, I'll tell her that, Bishop. He said, okay. That's what I tell you, you know. And it was just wonderful. Now, I've been preaching more. I've ever preached in my life. Not going to work, but just preaching to the cameras, you know. And, and social media and all this kind of different things. And, you know, we've had over 6 million views. People that I never even knew. Because I just thought television, see. And I said, oh, what Satan meant for bad. God is turning around for good. How many of y'all are expecting Great results. I mean, put both hands up. Now, you know, if I go to touch you, some of y'all will freak out. You know, I don't know if you want to fist bump, hit, no, no. Father, in the name of Jesus. Lord, the anointing of increase is on my life. It's on me. It's on me personally, and it's on me and my ministry. Lord, I ask you to bless these people and let it start tonight. Spiritual, physical, and financial. And, Lord, since I've never had a financial deficit, I pray for these wonderful people in Sarasota and Branson that the days of shortage are over because you bless according to your riches and glory, not according to the economy of the United States. I ask you to bless them spiritually, physically, and financially. And, Lord, if you don't mind, 
I'd like you to visit them like you've visited me before. Wake them up and just say hello like you've done. Conversation, Lord. It's so wonderful to have a conversation with you. I ask you to bless each and every one. And there's someone here that don't know you because this is not a religious thing. This is a born again thing. I ask you to save them. I sure could use another brother and another sister in the Lord. I thank you for doing that. Lord, you answer my prayers. You always have. And I've never had to wait long. I ask you to do this immediately. Put angels on assignment tonight. Whatever they physically need or desire or want. This day in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. One more quick thing. And uh, my brother just went home to be with the Lord. I was about ready to walk off and the Lord said, speak this. So if you hear the stories about me and my brother, me and Wayne, he just went home to be with the Lord. He chose his life and he chose his death. He said, I'm not having a funeral. I said, okay. He said, now I want you to listen to me. You know, and I said, what? He said, I want to be cremated. I said, you sure you want to do that? Yeah. He said, I want you to open up my daughter's grave, Michelle. because She was killed in a pickup truck accident when she was 14 years old. She was six months older than Jody, my daughter. He said, put my remains in there, close that because my name's been on her headstone all this time. I said, all right, Wayne. He said, I sure would have liked to have made it to 75. He was 72 and a half. I said, well, we can change that, Wayne. He said, no, I've had enough. He didn't have COVID or nothing like that. He just only had about 10% of his heart working. And I, wanted to, I felt let the Lord say this. This, this, this. this was supernatural. It just happened. And he said, what's going to happen? He said, they think I'm, he said, I told him I don't want to be resuscitated. So he had a defibrillator in his chest. They cut all that off and everything. He said, that's fine, man. He said, I'm out of here. And he, he was playing with his grandkids and all this kind of, they didn't believe in social distancing. I mean, he was just doing it. And if he had stayed in the hospital, we couldn't get in the hospital because of, of the virus. So they sent him home. Didn't expect him to live. That was Monday. This, uh, this is now a month ago. Monday. Uh, and they thought he would die that night. Well, he lived the whole week with 10% of his heart working. And he had no pain or nothing like that. So anyway, as I walked out of his house, I said, hey, Wayne, when you see the family, tell everybody I said hi. He said, I'll do that. Great being your brother. I said, me too. Walked out. Watch this. Shook hands. Just the way it is, you know. And uh, um, so that following Monday, the day they passed, at 1.26 in the afternoon, I was in Kathy's office. I said, Kathy, I want to pray. I don't want my brother gasping for breath. I want him just to fall asleep and wake up in the arms of Jesus. She said, okay. This is at 1.26 in the afternoon. Me and Kathy held hands. We prayed. At 1.28, two minutes later, his wife called and said, he just passed. He fell asleep and just left. And I said, Father, I can't thank you enough for that. Thank you, Lord. She said, you know, you don't want no funeral. I said, well, you're going to do what he says. And we, we're going to honor his, his, his request. Well, the next morning, and this is for somebody. This has never happened to me before. I, I'm on treadmills all the time. I, you know, I exercise quite a bit and, uh, you know, and stuff like that. So I'm on the treadmill, and I'm just going at it, just, you know, getting my miles in and all this stuff. All of a sudden, I hear shouting and hollering. This is outside. I have a workout gym in, in my home. I thought, it must be, the landscapers must be here. They're not supposed to come on Tuesday. They're supposed to come on Thursday or Friday. I can hear them hollering loud like this. Hey, hey. I thought, what, are they getting excited about cutting, the, where they're trimming the, the trees or whatever? So I cut the 
the treadmill off. Oh, I said, I cut it off. And I, I got off the treadmill and I walked to the door. And when I put, pulled the door, when I'm about ready to walk out, I'm going to say, what are you guys? I mean, it's loud. And I heard this, hey, Jesse told, told me to tell y'all hi. And it faded out. And I just stood there. I heard my brother tell my grandparents and my mama and my daddy and all my uncles and all my aunts. Jesse said to say hi. I came back, Kathy looked at me and said, sit down. I heard my brother's voice. I literally was going to tell the landscaper, can y'all hold it down a little bit? This was like 6.30 in the morning. That's the kind of God. And so I went to the Lord about it, and I said, he said, I said, why'd you do that? He said, well, I thought you might like to hear your brother say hi to all those. So ladies and gentlemen, there's a party going on <laughs> in heaven. Isn't that good? Hallelujah. And I expect to see all my family again. I want to go by the way of the rapture. I ain't afraid to die. I cross that bridge when I get to any way I'm going, whether rapture or I'd just like to go for the ride. You know, we like to fly. We, we really want to go in that rapture. I want to get outside my plane and tell everybody that's in it, see y'all. <laughs> and just go like that. <laughs> Would you stand to your feet real quickly? It's about 9.22. I didn't mean to go so long. I apologize. But God has been so good and gracious. Brother Keith, I can't thank you enough for allowing me to stand in your pulpit. Did, did you learn something today? I tried